Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I figure now that we are days away from the draft, this guy in many ways is Mr. College Football, knows the SEC inside and out, and basically when you watch the first round of the draft, I mean, what are you going to see? You're going to see SEC player after SEC player. So I figured it'd be a good time to welcome in the multi-talented Scotty Alexander, Mr. New Orleans, down of primetime sports. Scotty, my boy, I hope you're hanging in there. How has lockdown been treating you? Oh man, I'm just just catching up on some uh, some old '80s, '90s, and early 2000s baseball, football, and basketball. I love the history, and I don't normally get a chance to do it, JJ. But right now, I'm having some fun digging deep in some old footage, some old stats, and just checking out some history again. Now, Scotty, have you gotten into the old games as far as watching them? As you know, we're all dying for content, we're all looking for content. Have you uh, found yourself watching a bunch of these old games? Oh my God! I mean, I watched literally 1974 Milwaukee Bucks. Game six against the Celtics uh, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar hitting the game-winning hook shot at the corner. I watched that as a double overtime win. They end up losing in seven that year. Uh, I just watched some, you know, the, the the Mariners and the Yankees game. Oh, uh, don't remind me of that one. I was a sucker well, for punishment too, Scotty. Sat there and watched that entire game. Musburger and Cott doing it. And you know what? A lot of people forget in that game. Not only the emergence of Rivera and Buck Showalter not knowing what he had in the bullpen. But the fact that the Yankees score in the top half of the inning only to see the Mariners come back with two in the bottom half. It was crazy. And that was game five. I was about to mention game two when our boy Labor hits the home run to win the game 7-5 in game two in 15 innings. However, yes, the game you're talking about, the opposite feeling, you go up 6-5, I believe, right, or something like that. You go up by one, and then – you have uh, Edgar Martinez knocking the ball all around. He knocks in Griffey, and obviously it's, it's kind of like, you know, you up one, you think you got this. Oh, there's a base hit. Okay, it's a tie thing. And all of a sudden, Griffey's scoring from first base. You're like, what the heck just happened right here? So I get it, but I think in 96, y'all started turning the thing around a little bit. I think it worked out pretty nicely, winning four out of five titles. And, you know, we were having this conversation a minute ago via text off air. Um, we're talking about that 96 series and you being a Southern boy, you being down at the old Fulton County stadium, 
It must have been wild going into that game three with the way the Braves smoked the Yankees the first two games. Smoltz was dominant. Andrew Jones puts on a show. Maddox was unhittable in game two. Everybody down in Georgia must have been thinking they win the championship in 95. They're up 2-0 in 96. There's no way in the world this series is going back to New York, and there's no chance that the Yankees are going to win the next four games of this series. I mean, nobody saw that coming, I'm sure. Nobody here, that's for sure. Nobody in Atlanta. Listen, I was around in 91 when they went to Game 7, one nothing in 10 innings. Jack uh, Morris over John Smoltz in one of the greatest series ever played. 92 was, you know, the loss 4-2 to the Toronto Blue Jays. That great team. 93 was the only time from then to 97 that the Braves weren't in a World Series. You know, 93, that was the famous Joe Carter thing against the Phillies. 94, no World Series. 95, they beat the Indians. Finally, they get that one. In 96, I'm up in New York. 2-0. Andrew Jones is going nuts. And then they come back in game three. They lose that one. But game four, they're up 6 nothing. 6 to nothing. The Braves are beating. It's like they're writing the postscript everywhere. Sporting News, I, the first time I ever saw a what they call a chat room was that moment. The guy sitting next to me worked at Sporting News in the dug, in the, in the uh, press box, and he's putting a postscript on the whole series. And then I remember saying it was like 6-3, and I remember Jim Leyritz coming up, and I remember the, the year before when he hit that big home run. I'm like, hold on here. Even though I'm going for the Braves, this guy right here scares me. Wollers has been getting a little bit nutty. Sure enough, he used the three-run homer uh, to go 6-6. And I, at that moment, I'm like, oh, my. This thing might not be good for the Braves the rest of the way. And sure enough, uh, it was all Yankees after that. Scotty, as a guy who's a Braves fan, how much does it bother you? Look, they were dominant for over a decade. Bobby Cox, Chipper Jones, all that great starting pitching. I mean, they had an incredible run. But does it eat at you that the Braves, as talented as they were, only brought home one championship? Oh, yeah. I mean, how does it, it not? I mean, they were so, so good. I mean, everybody, you know, listen, you're in New York, and I know the Yankees are the team of the decade, but they still lost a ton more games and, more, and won less, a ton more games, less games than the, the Braves. The Braves were there every single year. However, the, you go five times and you only win one, you know, it's got to eat at you. Uh, it is what it is, and the Yankees deserve that coverage, and uh, they were darn good for the, particularly in the second half of the decade. They were the best team easily. But, yeah, it does eat at you a bit, especially when you don't get recognized. You know, 14 division championships, you should know the Mets were very good during a lot of that stretch. Uh, and, and, you know, it seems like a lot of that now gets thrown by the wayside because people just don't remember how dominant that Braves team was. And, you know, when you get in these series, like I said, one of them went seven games, ten innings in the seventh, and you win that, maybe people have a different outlook on the way you are just from that one hit. You know what I'm saying? So it is kind of crazy how this thing can go when literally out of all those World Series, uh, other than maybe 99, I think the Braves were right there in each one of them. we got our buddy Scotty Alexander from Primetime Sports. He knows a thing or two about sports coverage in the South. And we're talking SEC football and NFL draft. And, Scotty, I don't know about you because we've had nothing now to watch for over a month. I am so fired up to watch this draft. It's going to be wacky. Who knows if there are going to be glitches? Who knows if there are going to be technical difficulties? But I think all in all, in all your years covering the draft, this is something that we have never seen before as far as this overall setup. But when it comes to the storylines that you're going to have involving a borough, a Tua, what happens with Herbert, all the great wide receivers you have, 
I think it shakes out to be a pretty darn juicy draft, if you ask me. Well, particularly, you're talking a guy down here in New Orleans who has LSU in the back, coming off a 15-0 season. You know, sometimes those players might get a little overrated because of the success of the team. I'm not saying they are or they aren't, but I've seen polls. And listen, they might only get three that are first-rounded, but I've seen – I would put the over and under on four LSU players being in the first round with five being easy, and there's been as many as eight that have been projected in different mock drafts as first-rounders. That would be unparalleled. Uh, But still, it's going to be fun for people down here. Obviously, Joe is going to go number one, uh, and then you have a plethora of other guys on the defensive side of the ball, a wide receiver and a running back. Guys like that are all going to go within the top 40, 50 picks, and it's going to be great. But it's just – it's just fun. How about the bookmakers? They finally have something that they can sink their teeth into and get people betting. You know how people like to bet on maybe, you know, what pick a guy's going to be or is he going to go one through ten? Well, now guys that like to bet will have at least something they can bet on besides, you know, Korean baseball. We need it, Scotty. And I know a lot of people are going to be looking to take advantage of that. And you ain't going to get great odds on somebody – not named Joe Burrow, to be that first pick. I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be a heavy, heavy favorite as far as that goes. And listen, you watched his entire college career at LSU. The turnaround from two years ago to what we saw last season, absolutely incredible. Um, What kind of pro do you think he's going to be? I mean, I love his swagger. I think he's insanely accurate. I think he's got the mobility you're looking for. I get the knock, Scott, that, you know, where did this come from? coming out of nowhere, but I do believe, you know, in many ways, some players just find it. I believe he found it. I think he will thrive in the NFL. Do you think his game is suited to play at the next level? Yeah, he's going to be fine. I mean, listen, you know, first pick of the draft goes so many different ways, and quarterbacks in particular, uh, you know, I'll never put a guarantee on a player, particularly when you go into a team. Archie Manning was one of the greatest college quarterbacks ever. And he had to go to an almost expansion New Orleans Saints team that had no line, you know. And the guy was a great quarterback, really could have been one of the greatest of all time, but he had nothing to play with. Now, what is Joe Burrow going to have to play with? And I think he's got a few more tools in his, in his box than, like I said, an expansion team with the Saints that didn't have anybody back in 1970. But listen, Burrow is a guy that came from 12 regular season touchdowns in, in 2018, he had 60 in 2019. Yeah, there's a combination of having Joe Brady come in from the New Orleans Saints uh, who learned under Sean Payton and Pete Carmichael on an offense that can be expansive and, and hit a bunch of different targets. And then he had a combination of uh, a guy, Ed Ogeron, who was tired of the old, you know, hey, he promised when he took the job he was going to get out of the left miles, we're going to do three yards in a cloud of dust and just win with running and defense. And he made sure on his word. He hired Brady at the right time. You had a guy that's coming off of, uh, you know, getting just beat out at Ohio State. The guy had talent. You know he was going to be a good prospect. No one could have predicted he'd be this good. Nobody in the world. But as I actually, one of the games I actually just rewatched yesterday was that Alabama-LSU game. And the thing that struck me, and when I finally became a believer, because I was keeping my cards close to the vest too, even when he was having that crazy season. But when he hit, these third-down conversions after third-down conversions against Bama, who just didn't never let that happen in the past. And in Tuscaloosa and doing it just with, with ease and confidence and swagger, most of them with, with, his, with his arm, but a lot of them with, with his legs as well. So this guy's got moxie. He gets in and out of the pocket. 
and he's a winner. I mean, some guys are just winners, and that's what Joe Burrow will bring to the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, Scotty, let's get to the second quarterback in this draft. You know my team, the Miami Dolphins, is in that market, and I've been of the mindset for weeks, for months, basically going back to last year, I want to see Tua down in Miami, and it's basically 50-50 to what the Dolphins are going to do. You're hearing in some places Tua's their guy. In other places, you're hearing it's Justin Herbert. In some places, they're telling you you're going to go with an offensive lineman with the fifth pick. I don't know, looking at game film, though, Scott, how anybody can make the argument that Justin Herbert and Tua are on the same playing field. Now, listen, I get it. Durability matters, right? And you're going to see Herbert chuck it 60 yards down the field. He's a big boy. He's a smart kid. All that's well and good. But at the end of the day, what you do on film matters. I saw what Tua did against LSU. I saw what Tua did going back to his championship game coming off the bench against Georgia. There's an it factor about him. I don't see that it factor with Herbert. So if you're the Dolphins, both quarterbacks are there for you. Who's your pick? There's no doubt it's Tua. I mean, Tua could be one of the greatest players of his generation. I mean, listen, Tua has the it factor on the field. Tua does all the little things that just you can't measure in measurables. I mean, listen, I think we got we finally are throwing away the 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 concept that you have to be this big robo quarterback. You know, you you have to be six four, six five. You have to see over the line. Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. The dude is not even six feet tall. Trust me, I've been in the locker room with him a thousand times. Not even that. Tua's got that kind of ability. He's super smart on the field. I don't care what his wonder lick is. Who cares? The guy on the field knows how to read a defense. The guy is savvy. He's smooth. He's got the, the wiliness of a Kent Stabler, and I say that mainly because he's a lefty, but he's like that. The guy's smart, and the guy can take off and run a lot better than you think. Hopefully with these injuries, he might slack up on that, but there's zero chance, and I mean zero out of 100, that I would ever take Justin Herbert, regardless of the history of injuries, over to it. You have to take a chance in life sometimes, and this is your chance, Miami Dolphins. Don't play it safe. If you have a chance to get into a Tongvaloa on your roster, you have to put him on there. Justin Herbert's ceiling is Drew Bledsoe. Very good, but never great. The guy will be very good at best, okay? It's like you're saying, hey, there's a Paul Pierce and LeBron James. Yeah, Paul Pierce is phenomenal. Love the guy. But LeBron James, you have a chance to get a LeBron James and Tua. You take him every single time. Scotty, you're preaching now. I love hearing that. We got Scott Alexander, primetime sports down in New Orleans. Okay, Scotty, best receiver in this class. We know there are a ton. Judy, there's some current concerns now about the medicals. They're coming out late. Rugs, stud. Uh, CeeDee Lamb out of Oklahoma, unbelievable. You got your boy Justin Jefferson, Pittman. Out of all these wide receivers, which one you like the most? No, Justin Jefferson. I'm biased as hell, too. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that right now. But when you combine the all factor, that Jerry Judy might be the most talented dude. I mean, as far as just, hey, pure talent, and that's the only guy to even consider. I love Ruggs. I love his story. I love everything about him. Ruggs has not got near the physicality of a Justin Jefferson. You're talking about a guy at six four, a guy that can just knock you out. And if you just watch the – how about this? Watch the Oklahoma game. And then you watch that game, and you tell me there's another receiver in the country better than him when he had four touchdown catches in the first half. Uh, you, you, then we'll talk. Uh, you know, hey, listen, Ceedee Lamb, phenomenal receiver, phenomenal. But those two played head to head, and I know one quarterback was better than the other. All right, but still, there was no contest in that game who the better receiver was. 
they're all good. This is a deep, deep class. I mean, you got guys all over the country, I think, are going to be possible impact players. Don't forget Michael Thomas was the sixth, sixth receiver drafted in the second round uh, by the New Orleans Saints, and he easily is the best receiver from that class just three seasons ago so or four years ago. So the fact here is anything can pop up. But if you ask me right now, it's, it's not a gimme. It's not like, you know, Tua over Herbert. But I think Justin Jefferson has got all the boxes checked completely. Uh, you know, and, and listen, and like I said, Judy, Ruggs, Lamb, and there's a bunch more, like I said, they're all going to be good. But if you ask me, and I have one to take, I'm taking him, maybe because I saw him more than the others, and I know what this guy can do. Scotty, aside from the LSU guys and aside from the quarterbacks, you have a favorite player in this draft? Well, Chase Young, man. I mean, the guy, I hate to say it because he's such a high pick, but Chase Young is a beast. He's a difference maker. He's a guy that can come in and, and start on the line from day one. That is rare. Uh, when you get a guy that and he's, he's, he's a, he got all the fundamentals down, he's got the measurables, he's got the it factor, and he's got the hunger. Uh, he's got every box checked on his category at his position. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, if a guy named Burrow was, was, wasn't going to a team that absolutely needed a quarterback, well, I would probably take Chase Young number one. You know what I'm saying? That's how good this guy is. Uh, and I think he's going to be super productive as long as the Washington Redskins don't get in his way. All right, Scotty, before we get you out of here, and I bring back the feelings and nostalgia because we were all sitting there over the weekend watching the last dance, the uh, Chicago Bulls 30 for 30, which was just beautifully done every which way. I can't wait to watch again here on Sunday. I know back in the day you had some uh, run-ins with those late 90s Chicago Bulls. So is there anything that you would like to share with the audience right now from your years of being around Michael Jordan and that unbelievable team? Best era of my life, period. 96, 97, and 98 playoffs. I got to be with Craig Sager literally for every single Bulls playoff game. And it was 96 was particularly special. You know, I had been in TV for about five years at that point, but nothing at this level where I'm, you know, I've been in the, I was in a TV truck for like the World Series when the, you know, the Braves were in 95, 96. But this run with the, with the Bulls, just being able to be on the court with Sager the entire game, because they used to, I don't know where they sit them now, but they used to sit them right by the end of the Bulls bench. And we would just sit there. Rodman would always come at, you know, when he came in, out of the game, he never sat by the coaches. He came to the very end of the bench. And he's rapping with us the entire time. Just being around that team and just being able to see Jordan from the court, you know, like right there on the court for those games when they were just so dominant. Uh, it's something I'll never forget. And I knew at that time when I'm only a 30-year-old guy that I would never do anything better in my entire career. And sure enough, I'm a 54-year-old guy and I've never done anything better in my entire career. <laughs> but how could you top being a part of that thing? Uh, no, you really can't, special. unless you want to throw my Yankees in there. I mean, that's it. I mean, for me, yeah. selfishly, Scotty, I'd throw them in there winning four or five, being there every step along the way. But, that you know, Jordan and what he meant to the sport and what kind of icon he is. And in that second three-peat, and let's be honest, Scott, if he doesn't go on his year-and-a-half hiatus playing baseball, who knows? They might have won another title or two. Oh, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt they're winning in 94-95. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, listen. That was a train rolling along. And if not for Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf, that train could have gone for the entire decade, 91 and 2000. Let's be real here. The Spurs weren't beating them in 99, okay? That wasn't happening. And then in 2000, they could have done this thing 10 in a row. 
Listen, I love LeBron as much as anybody. The dude stayed at my house twice when he was in high school. He came on my show. Alex will tell you those stories. But the fact is, I love LeBron. I went on, on air saying one time when he was a junior in high school that he could be the best player in NBA history. And I got a bunch of hate mail from North Carolina and Chicago because of it. But the fact is, these two guys are unparalleled uh, in NBA history. Uh, Kobe Bryant's right there as well. You got some others. But LeBron doesn't have that killer instinct that Michael Jordan has. And the young folks, hopefully, that don't, didn't get to witness the Jordan era like the old people like myself, uh, maybe you're getting to see a little glimpse of it now. And I'm, I'm sure we've only scratched the surface of what you're going to see in the greatness of Michael Jordan in this 10-part series. Oh, Scotty, a lot of memories and a lot of torture and pain if you like me and a beloved New York Knicks fan. So, listen, appreciate the perspective as always. Glad you're doing well down in New Orleans. All the best, man. Stay safe, and uh, we'll catch up again soon, all right? Just remember, we're all in this together. All right, a boy. I like that spirit. That's the spirit. You got Scotty Alexander. Scotty, take care, all right, my friend? You too, buddy. There you have it. Good stuff there. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.